Welcome, everybody, to Critting the Nerdverse. Um, this is a actual play of the fantastic Blades in the Dark. Um, it's our own little spin on it, um, where we catch up with the crew of the Rebel Claws after the events that happened in Mistletown. My name is John Santana. I'm going to be the GM for this session. I am also one of the co-hosts of Too Legit to Crit. And if we kind of go around the table, if you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell us about where you're from, tell us about your characters. All right. Well, hi, everybody. I'm uh, I'm Ryan. I'm part of the creative team over at Crossing the Nerdverse. And uh, I'm going to be reprising the role of everyone's favorite little goblin spider controller, Deckard Halls. All right. Okay. Clark. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I'm Lindsay, but you can call me Clark. I've gone under that gamer tag for oh, 20 years. Um, <laughs> Inside I time frame. I didn't hear that number. Can we get it again? I am Jingle Bella. I'm a shifty little ninja lurk. I'm a tiny Christmas elf, uh, dual wielding uh, kind of short blades. Nice. All right, Travis. My name is Travis, as you just heard. I'm one of the hosts of Crossing the Nerdverse. Uh, I will be reprising the character Thomas Lightfall, our uh, cutter was the name of the class, I believe. Yeah, cutter. Yeah, that's correct. Um, he breaks stuff. Yeah, yeah, I break things. <laughs> and try to get my time card fixed. Those are the two, <laughs> the two big character motivations. I feel like that's going to become like a quest line on its own at some point. It's going to get its whole oh. its own campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm making notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Justin. Well, that leaves me. Yeah, so I am still Justin. I am the uh, other part of Too Legit to Crit. Um I will be once again becoming Zavol, the other luck, the better luck. Uh, you dare hey I was the one that got in the vault last time <laughs> apes together strong <laughs> you only got there because I sacrificed my life <laughs> oh, but yeah no I'm very very excited I've been looking forward to this so yeah rebel claws back together as a GM, I do like a bit of party conflict, so I feel like the two lurks going at each other is going to be something I'm going to push for today. Uh, unfortunately, we are not joined by Eric, who had um, an emergency to, to kind of deal with, uh, but he'll be back next time. So we are going to be a member down, but I'm sure you guys will be fine. Nothing to sure. go wrong. Nothing ominous no. about that at all. <laughs> What's the worst no. that can happen? You guys should I mean, be fine. I mean, Eric is equipped with literally all the things that could save you during this campaign. You should be fine without the it. The entire campaign <laughs> around him being here. But it'll be alright. We'll figure it out. It'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You've got Justin's roles to fall back on. Him oh, and I good. were not wow. rolling well good. last time. <laughs> yeah, notoriously wow. high rolls between the pair. <laughs> Yeah, the lurk. We are one competent lurk. Oh, can we be? Can we stand on each other's shoulders and be one lurk? <laughs> one lurk in a trench, trench coat. coat. Yeah, <laughs> just two lurks in a trench coat. Two lurks in a trench coat. 
I'm just picturing okay. one of you being normal sized and the other one short, so it just looks like one obscenely <laughs> tall person next to Ryan's like goblin esque character. Yeah. <laughs> so previously, you guys caught wind of a very valuable art- artifact that was at the very top of the Star Tower, which was the central monolith to Mistletown. It was where Santa's Grotto is located, a place that you had not visited for quite some time as ex-employees of Santa. You were some of Santa's elves, but ever since the spirit of Christmas disappeared, the work conditions in Santa's Grotto became progressively worse, to the point where there was a mass exodus of elves. And just as a case in point, elves in our setting is a job title. It is not a heritage. It is not a race. It is a job title. So we will be getting uh, to character descriptions very shortly. But case in point, you left the, the, I would say, relative insecurity of Santa's Grotto, and you took up a life of crime where you were um, getting a bit of a name for yourselves as, you know, hawkers. You would deal in magical items, in potions and things like that. And you were approached by Krampus. Krampus had a bead on a job. And this job was there was a very valuable artifact at the top of the Star Tower. It was dangerous, it was perilous, but it was a good payday. So you guys decided to go ahead. Cut to the end where you figured out that the valuable artifact actually contained the spirit of Christmas, and it was being held by a demon known as a Gruber by the name of Hans. You guys defeated Hans, you recovered the artifact, and before handing it, you actually did hand it over to Krampus, but then once that deal, that mystical deal that was sealed between Deckard and Krampus had been finalized, Deckard shot the crystal out of Krampus's hand, thus liberating the spirit of Christmas. That's where we kind of left off. So we are going to kind of pick up shortly, very shortly after that. You are once again in your hideout, which is the Polar Express. It's different. It's not what you remember. Dials that haven't been functioning for the past two decades now seem to have sprung to life. Things are working on there, whereas before it was very minimal. There was minimal lighting, but it was it, it was good enough to to live. It was good enough to survive. But now you get the impression that this thing could actually move. However, as you guys are kind of figuring out what to do next, you begin to hear something. Almost like a shuffling on the roof above you. But the shuffling seems 
rhythmic. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And all of a sudden, the doors burst open and in come some very fancy, flamboyantly dressed thugs, all with firearms pointing directly at you. And you immediately recognize them as your lower drops um, entourage. And they come in and they come in spectacularly. There's a cartwheel. There's a couple of jazz hands. It is, it is phenomenal. And all these guns are pointed on you. And shortly after, wearing a very, very dramatic sort of um, beautiful dress, in walks your lower drops. And she looks around the room and she focuses directly on Deckard and says, well, it's a good job I didn't wait for you then, isn't it? So, Travis, can you just briefly describe Deckard? Briefly describe Deckard? Uh, Ryan, you need to sorry, describe Ryan, sorry, I do apologize. <laughs> Ryan, could you describe? Oh, wow. Um, other than being both terrified and disappointed that I didn't uh, dodge that, that little ramification from last session. Oops. Um, <laughs> um, so Deckard uh, is kind of the de facto heavy air quotes team leader for Rebel Claws. He's kind of a taller goblinoid figure um, used to uh, work, of course, as an elf in the tinkers section so to speak um he's very haggard individual very kind of unkempt but in a way that is specifically designed to look like that to be kind of not ignored but written off as unimpactful um and he's built himself up with this 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 haggard appearance that way nobody really pays attention to him as he's listening in um that's the that's the type of, of spider he is so he wears, you know, the old Christmas suit and tie, but it's it's kind of dirty. It's kept loose, hangs off of his frame. The the quintessential your suit is wearing you, um, kind of appearance. He's a heavy smoker, and he wears kind of a long, heavy coat, uh, because North Pole. That's the traditional red and greens that you would see, but he's been a dock worker for the last two decades, and so it's constantly kind of a worked in, lived in set of clothing. Um, his skin is heavily wrinkled and heavily like weathered, big long ears that come off the side of his head, uh, with tufts of hair kind of haphazardly uh, stuck to him. And all in all, the hair that he does let come from underneath the cap that he wears frequently is very wispy. It's very thin, graying, um, giving him the appearance of a significantly older gentleman um, as far as goblins go. In this particular situation, as <laughs> as Yaloa comes busting in to the Polar Express, I would imagine he's stuck in between trying to paint on that the mask of nonchalance that you get, where it's it's not a worry, uh, and the fact that his eyes are just wide as saucers. It's that that moment where you thought you got away with it and everything's cool, 
and you'll handle the problems tomorrow. And then the problems are very much now. Okay. So what do you do in this, this immediate moment as she's come in and she has addressed you directly? Um, lie. <laughs> I think it's going to be the course. Um, is this happening almost, I mean, we've had what, a couple hours since, since Krampus at the, off at the most. Yeah. Okay, cool. Step one, lie. Follow Ryan for more relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm going to throw them under the bus. I'm going to try, if I can, to be to put on a front of being stoked that, that she's here and that the entourage is here. Almost relieved, like, oh, thank God, it was you. Um, and and act very much like they're showing up and pointing guns at me is kind of a good thing that I'm confused about. Um, like, I'm glad you're here, but why all the aggression? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and be, and, and really put on the front of the saying, Oh, good. It was you. I thought it was the Krampus problem again, coming in. We just had a deal fall through. I'm so glad you're actually here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're glad to see me. Um, you know, I wish I was seeing you under better circumstances as to, you know, I thought I'd have trouble finding you, but I had some help. And she steps to one side. And in behind her, you see a hulking figure step out of the doorway with glistening white fur and holding a soda bottle in one hand as he walks in the cola polar and he takes a swig and he looks at jingle bella and he looks at thomas and goes i'm not gonna lie i'm a bit disappointed in you too so do you guys want to describe your characters now go ahead go ahead clark uh yeah all right uh jingle bella is more along the lines of a typical Christmas elf in terms of stature. So she's pretty short. She has kind of this rogue gothic look, um, getting the vibe that while she might have grown up in a great suburban home, she's just angsty for no reason. Um, that kind of goth chick. Uh, so very short. She kind of spends her time as a lurk, you know, lurking around, always trying to find information, find new ways to get into things. Uh, my vice is, uh, oh my goodness, stupor. So likes to go to bars, kind of get in bar fights, that kind of vibe. Um, so, but also like can turn on the cheery, ditzy charm when needed, as we saw last time in Polar Polar's cola polar's office when we were just leaving petty notes uh because he decided to leave us in there so that yeah right. so uh thomas was pretty pretty tall in stature uh for being a factory worker uh 
when I was an elf, I was on the assembly line. Definitely the oldest of the group, big, long, gray beard, uh, wearing like the more traditional, like red and white furs. I do have the little little poof ball hanging off the back of my hood. Uh, I have replaced my normal work uniform with a few layers of protective armor. Um, not in the best shape, but still like, you know, a little more heavy set, but still obviously big and strong. Uh, and then sh- sharp nose, kind of hawkish features and a very sour resting face. So he kind of goes, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed in you too. And then he looks around the room and he sees Zavol. And he says, well, looking at the company you keep, I'm not surprised. Justin, do you want to describe what Zavol looks like? No. <laughs> um, yeah, so Zavol is, if you imagine, if Winnie the Pooh hit the gym, uh, and then, you know, it was sporting a, a lovely little red hat and the rejected wardrobe from Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty much what he looks like. <laughs> I'm, and you're I'm really... Because you know I'm right. <laughs> I'm really glad you chose that as your character. Yeah, yeah. I am too. Yeah. I'm not going to I absolutely chose that, by the way. It's, it's all me, everyone. <laughs> Um, it wasn't chosen against my will. <laughs> Technically, uh, your will was never recorded. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't recall seeing any notarized paperwork in this regard. So no, I mean, well, any statements made were clearly unofficial. I just, oh. I just, I just figured, you know, what would Justin do? Yes, yeah, that's that's exactly what I would do. And um, it was Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, no, that is uh, what he looks like. And for everyone at home, the character portraits are now in the bottom left-hand corners of all of our cameras. Oh, outstanding. Beautiful. All right. So after, after um, Cola says this, Yoloa kind of intercedes and just goes, Cola, that's not why we're here. And he'll he'll kind of back down a tiny bit, and and she will she will turn once again to Deckard and kind of go. Well, here's the thing: whether you intended to or not, you actually did a good thing. You released the spirit of Christmas, you know, and. At least for, for us, it's almost like a, a, a dark cloud has been lifted. And she'll stop and just go, oh, wait a minute. And she'll turn to one of her backup dancers and go, write that down. And they'll get out a notebook and make a note. She'll go, a dark cloud lifted, priority shift. Yeah, that works, that works. <laughs> anyway. So, I think at some point, People are going to find out what you did. And you are going to be heralded as heroes. Unfortunately, 
that's not today. You shot the big guy. I would like to point out not all of us shot the big guy. <laughs> I would like to point out that I don't carry a firearm. <laughs> I'm, a... I'm not going to name any names. Oh, you, you don't have to. He's still alive. He knows exactly who shot him. Now, oh, good. that's good. <laughs> yeah, but the fact is, you're all in this together. Yeah. How much Def do you like Eric? <laughs> Define because so, if there's a mouse in your pocket, I understand. You, you. Can I? Yeah. Can I do just like a quick assessment here? Like, I know we're, I know we're in the hideout, right? Like we're in our train. It's been effectively boarded about where are we at are we a few cars like in everybody's in the same same kind of general area yeah every, everybody's in the everybody's in the same in the same general area but you look around and cricket's not there well that holds he, he must have, he must have slipped out at some point after the meeting with Krampus. We'll Wait, have to do another Instagram out. shoot. Either that or he sold our ass out. Huh? Okay, so quick glance around. I can see, obviously, Vol's here. Jingle's here. Thomas is here. No sign. Okay, that's good. Volunteer I... for treason. <laughs> what do I have to work with here? We could you... offer to help to find him. <laughs> you, c you probably get the impression that you know, you guys would have sort of reasonable doubt. You guys would be able to kind of argue that, yeah, it wasn't us. We didn't want him to shoot and this, that, and the other. He, as the person who pulled the trigger, is probably in the deepest shit out of all of you. So it might be for the best that he's not there. Blades okay. in the dark goes to court. <laughs> That's this is that episode. This episode is going to be a court case. Oh, no. But yeah, you get the impression that, you know, it's probably quite fortunate if, you know, if this were anyone else, like if this were like the, the, the town guard or something like this, not having cricket there would be beneficial out of all of you. He's the one who probably needs to lay the lowest. Yeah. Stay hidden. Okay, I'll respond then. I'll, I'll keep my hands up, right? Like, no weapons. Everything's cool here. <laughs> no problems. Um, what about what kind of count are we dealing with with the whole machine gun toting dancers here? Like half a dozen. You get the impression that if you were to try something, you would not end well. All right. So, wasn't in a super hurry to uh, to try to get squirrely this early into the uh, the session. -y. <laughs> so that that reinforces that. I, all right. So I'll, I'll I'll just poke up and I'll be like, uh, you know, I get that big guy got shot. The scuffle on the top of the towel was out of control. But didn't we I, save him? Because he could have bled out on the tower. Somebody like, yeah, saved I'll uh, yeah, you saved I'll him. point at, at Jinga, Jingle and nod and be like. I get that y'all are wanting to blame us for that. We also patched the big guy up. We gave Not him a potion, patched up his hurt, 
and we got out of there before anything got uh, got squirrely. And I know the doorman falling off the tower and landing in the streets below. That looks bad. I get that. That that looks terrible. That doesn't look bad. That looks terrible. Well, yeah, he fell like 30 stories. (laughs) (laughs) You see, the thing is, he was kind of a problem and not necessarily in the way that you think. He was holding the spirit hostage. He was the one that had everything set up and was going to take it. We had to deal with him and demons are not our normal thing. I mean, I know that. Cola knows that. I mean, help. Even Santa probably knows that. But we can't argue that fact. The fact is that at the bottom of Star Tower, right now, there is what used to be a body of an elf. What would you suggest us to do in this situation? You need to run. Oh, okay. I'm in. Let's go. You need to I like right. this plan. Okay. Look, I appreciate <laughs> everything you've done. Cole appreciates everything you've done. Hell, I mean, again, even Saint Nick is gonna appreciate all you've done, but right now, let's just say he's not at his most jolliest. I would just like to say I wasn't involved in throwing anyone off the roof. I was busy committing animal abuse. <laughs> this- I'm just gonna that's hold up. Another th- that's <laughs> another thing. Hold up my hand. <laughs> can we t- can we talk about that for a second? You, I'd rather you, not. I got about those, that. I mean, Rudolph has seen some shit. Mm, he's not the only one with a so, red nose now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pretend like Thomas didn't say anything and just keep on like <laughs> trucking through the conversation. And just to clarify, you know. Just to clear things up here. You're saying run. You're you're here to give us the opportunity to run, but where? Like where Right. Okay. Where in Christmas so, Town are we gonna be able to go if, if the big guy himself is pissed off? So if I look just before we carry on, can I get my guards to drop the weapons and trust you're not gonna try anything? I'm actually legitimately going to hesitate and I'm going to glance over my shoulder at Thomas and, uh, and Jingle and ponder that for a minute. I would never. My bestie Kohler Polar is here and I would never do anything to upset his trust again today. <laughs> yeah, we're, not, we're definitely not going to betray his trust twice in one day. <laughs> yeah, and then I give him one of those cute like little hearts. <laughs> Collar will take it and just go, I'm still disappointed. So I'll I'll turn back. What what are you, my dad? I'll I'll nod and be like, yeah, everybody's everybody's nice and calm. All right. Okay. And she'll turn and she'll go, guys, take five. And everybody will kind of lower their weapons. I'll sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, here's the thing. I'm not originally from Mistletown. All right. I came from somewhere else. And I've got quite a few friends still there. I mean, obviously, Mistletown is where I I kind of ended up staying. But I'm from a place called Amora Valley. Okay, I can I can get you there. I can introduce you to somebody. 
I can help you get set up and just you just need to lay low. Uh, GM, would I know, would, would this name stand out? Would we know anything about an Amora Valley? I think you've probably heard of it, but I like to think of it, do you know the like the Nightmare Before Christmas as every little mm. thing is its own sort of world, quote-unquote? I think it's a similar sort of... Um, uh, a similar sort of situation. Okay, so like a like a parallels kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll legitimately be surprised at that, and you know, I'll, I'll just tell her frankly, like I I expected this kind of meeting to be going a little bit different. We appreciate it, but we haven't we haven't uh, skipped a door. Uh, is a slang for like jumping realms. Um, I like it. Okay. Um, right. It's, if you've never done it, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy, but luckily, and she'll kind of look around and hold her hands out, sort of gesturing towards the Polar Express. Luckily, you've got a, you got a vehicle here that will help you out doing that. Do you not know about where you where you're residing? A broken train? I know what it is. The reason well, uh, you know what? I think at this point Deckard's gonna play a little bit dumb and kind of jump on with Thomas where it was just like it was a busted train. Knowing full well that we're here because of our life work. Yeah, well this busted train you know, it runs off the spirit of Christmas. Now that you guys have brought that back into the world, this place can take you anywhere you need to go. So we fire up the train, you get us to where we need to go, you help us out, and then you cover us, cover for us back in Mistletown. I'll do what I can. Don't get me wrong, I'm not no. going to put myself in any more danger or any more more trouble than I already am by coming here. But, yeah. You guys have done a good thing. And so this is a reward, not yeah. a you're going to ask for something later. I've got nothing to ask for. So kind of at that, now that the guns are gone and uh, the contract is really looking very one-sided in our favor, I'm going to split a toothy grin and lean into the old consort roles from last session and be like, uh, darling, you're beautiful. Um, that would be that would be wonderful. That's snow falling on Christmas. I I love that. Yeah, that didn't get you in trouble the first time around. Hey, you know, I'm gonna. Yeah. What works works. <laughs> I'm gonna get up legitimately excited <laughs> and start just... pressing every button in this train. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you push a button, the aircon comes on. You push something else, and like windscreen wipers just start going left to right. The toilet flushes. So while he's got this machine figured out, while he's pushing buttons and causing chaos, I'm just gonna go into full casual business mode. You know, everything seems to be going in our favor, and I'm just gonna act like it until I'm proven wrong. Um, and I'll I'll ask uh, I'll ask Yaloa and the bear. All right, little. No sense wasting time. If you know how to get this bucket running, let's get it running. 
Uh, okay. Excuse me, sir. I am driving this train. There's nothing like productive um, is happening. It, it look, yeah, it looks like Tommy's got it. This will be fine. I continue if to Tom, push push buttons and pull levers. If Tom happened to die, where might one find a user manual? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I would have I would assume somewhere in I the engine room. Desperately look for the horn. It's it's not where I thought you were going with that sentence. <laughs> where do we find a new one? <laughs> oh, I mean, also option. I mean, I mean, you find yeah. you find a user manual, and it is authored by Hom Tanks. Nice. Oh no. Um. So I'm I'm gonna completely Reading ignore the rest of my nerds, crew. and I continue to press buttons. <laughs> and I'm actually I'm gonna make an effort, GM, to yeah. endear a little bit more goodwill. Uh, with our allies here, um, and kind of throw Krampus under the bus a little bit. All right, yeah. Um, where I'm going to tell him it's like, listen, when we were hired to do this job. There were a couple things you should know. First, okay. and I'm going to do this while I'm like, I guess walking, like a walk and talk, to see if I can get to like, uh, you know, the engine or the actual control for the oh. train. There's a control room. Um, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, just be like, we didn't know it was the spirit of Christmas. We didn't know what was going on with that. In truth, most of the people down here kind of blame, well, you for what's been going on the last couple decades. I got that. Uh, and two, Krampus has been slinking around with his eye on that thing. And we still don't know why. Krampus. And I'll just okay. kind of nod my head. Right. Like, um... He doesn't come at us with jobs very often. Generally, he sticks to the shadows. He does his own thing. You know how Krampus is. Hmm. But this time was different. He had uh, he had a vibe about him. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what we can do. Um, right now, we won't do much. We're going to kind of play this low. Uh, but once he's stopped being pissed off about being stuffed in a vent, we'll see if we can get Corky on the case. Wasn't stuffed. He was gently placed there by grapple hook. Didn't we like shoot him too? Man, we no, really did we not do well that him. job. You guys would not <laughs> let me kill him. We, we, yeah, we we just tied him up and threw him in a vent. Very yeah, gently. And then he magically came out and being, started yelling about us being there. Gingerly placed him inside. Yeah, with, <laughs> with care. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Any case, so yeah. But with that, while I'm talking, I'm going to make my way to the front of the train. Oh yeah, they'll they'll walk with you, and they'll just uh, and, and they'll just start telling you about Amora Vale, the Amora Valley. They'll start telling you that it is a place that is the central theme is love. That's like, where the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie. That's <laughs> Amora. That's actually the town slogan. Can't <laughs> It's on their flag. It is now. The flag's just a pizza. This I'm is, here for this. This is you guys creating this world with me. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, I I grew up there, and it's it Valentine's Day every day. So if you're not really into that or used to that, it's it's going to be rough, but. You need to lay low because right now you, you know, you are wanted. 
We're going to try smooth th things over uh, on our end, but I can't promise. I can't even give you a time frame about how long that's going to be. I'll nod along and I'll make a show of being, you know, disappointed and, uh, and like, oh, well, we have to do what we have to do kind of thing. All the while, I'm going to have the, the greed wheels turning in the back of my head about having an entirely new realm of magic that we might be able to get our hands on. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a shame, really. You know, we try to do so much good for this place. We try to do, we try to lift people up. Uh, but it's hard, you know, and I'm just going to see if I can paint a little bit of like a, a, a pity story, you know, around Rebel Claws and try to lean into the yeah we were we were good guys the whole time for sure yeah uh-huh okay uh, so I, yeah <laughs> I, was just, I, I begin to more frantically and aggressively pull levers and push buttons <laughs> <laughs> the, we have one train car that's like five back all the lights are just flashing and going yeah, off yeah it's just it's honestly <laughs> like a rave <laughs> the vault is actually going to read the operating manual <laughs> <laughs> readings for nerds <laughs> There, 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 there is something that says, do not, under any circumstances, pull this lever. Why would you Jesus. say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> this one? I didn't say it out loud. <laughs> I just Next read thing it. we know, it's the dramatic action scene of everybody jumping off the train as it explodes. No. Like, <laughs> what's, what's the, the Guardians of the Galaxy? Does anybody have some tape for the death button? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, or that scene where he's trying to teach a group which buttons to press in what <laughs> yeah. order. Like, no, I'm Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. I'm Groot. No! no! <laughs> I so, feel like that's how it's going down between like us right now, as I'm trying to teach yeah. him how to drive the train. There <laughs> are other crews. This one. This one. There are other oh, crews yeah. in Mistletown Town that are super disciplined and very professional that really get things done. And then there's us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, sir. I am an expert train driver. Look there at is. all of the things that I've gotten to work on this train in the past two minutes. So, <laughs> as this conversation's happening between Deckard, Yaloa, and Cola, just the lights are flashing on and off. And Yaloa, I mean, you kind of put that across, Deckard, and Yaloa, you get the impression is inclined to kind of believe you. You know, she does have a little bit of a thing for you, whereas Cola. <laughs> It's okay. Just, it's the goblin physique. It's not for everybody. And, you know, and Carlo's just like, yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah, so, and the skin of a decorative summer squash <laughs> looking at your character <laughs> portrait. Yeah. So, yeah, Carlo's like, yeah, um, if, if you say so. Uh, I'm going to lean in because I feel Cola and I are frenzies and he should know that like I wouldn't be up to no good all the time on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. tell yes, me about Jingle. this. Uh, it's fine. Tell me about this valley. What are we what are we looking to step into here? How are we how are we lying low in this place? Well, I've I can I can contact one of my my old acquaintances she she's an art collector um her name's valentina you know she is she's she's legit she is you know above board but i figure above board is kind of what you need right now at least for the time being 
I'd agree. Yeah. So you need, yeah, you need to kind of lay low. You need to, you know, play the game as much as possible and don't get into any trouble. All right. Cause you know, I'm, I'm kind of vouching for you here. So it's my reputation on the line as well. Okay. In good hands as I continue to press all the wrong buttons. Uh, Ryan, I think you muted. Yeah, I he's that probably was been was. some really was, great stuff. Yeah, that was that was it was the most stuff. Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to repeat it. It was a. Yeah. It, it was him trying to find the right word, words, right? Like not really saying anything. Uh, uh, you know, that's no problem. But we're going to what we do around here. No concerns. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave you to it. Uh, well, just get with- there as soon. No, I've no, I've, I've got work to do here. I'm going to look over and do some like fingers. Like, Older, coming with us? No, I've, I've still got a job to do. That's true. Someone's got to smooth out with us, You really guy. can't. Yeah, you can't cover us here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do have one concern, and I'm gonna I'm gonna paint on like a super serious professional face for a second. Be like, you said no timeline. We're into a weird place. We got nothing set up. How do? Are you gonna get a hold of us when everything? You can ask them for money. Maybe I was building up to it. Are you going to uh, get back a hold of us when everything's okay? When can we? When can we come back back to our our darling home? No, I'll I'll contact you through Valentina. Oh, so Valentina being our contact gonna be forward. Yeah. I do I do have other friends there. Um I, I could probably contact you at any point. What you won't be able to do is contact me very easily. Which is probably for the best. I'm gonna like walk up behind Decker and be like, She'll contact you <laughs> and then like give him a little shove. She's going to call you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put a half-assed kind of like heartbroken kind of thing about it, but, you know, I get it. It's, it's okay. Um, all the while continuing to try to get the hell away from here as fast as humanly possible. Elfinly yeah. possible? <laughs> Goblinly possible. Yeah. Goblinly. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah um they were kind of doing a squee and then running with his hands <laughs> up in the air long shanks so um yeah they won't hang around too long um after this conversation they'll head off and that gives you you know the time frame is kind of now yours so if you guys wanted to do any sort of downtime stuff before heading out or you can yeah. do it after you head out it all depends because there will be things that you can do whilst you're still in mistletown but once you get to amara valley yeah know, once so... uh once the incredibly powerful magical people and all of their guns are gone i'm going to switch modes here and basically holler out to the rest of the team where it's like all right we have a door we're we're taking it we're out of here. If you got shit to handle, handle it. Um, and I'm I'm going to beeline to the front and see if I can get this bucket up and going and warmed up or whatever we need to do. All right. Uh, I'm so going to that... 
stupidly ask if they think they know about the other stuff we stole from the vault. Like, <laughs> like hey, do you think we realize that we took a whole bunch of other stuff out of there besides the spirit of Christmas? Guys? <laughs> and I'm just going to pretend am... like he didn't say anything. Yeah, I'll totally ignore that. <laughs> yeah, the, the I also gonna, like bring the operating manual up a little bit higher. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't think I'm going to bring up the fact that Cricket's missing at all. Like, obviously, he's on the train hiding somewhere, right? So we should be fine. Um, he can handle himself. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah it'll be fine. So, does anybody have anything they need to do right now? Because we're out of here before the sun comes up. Can I reduce stress while we're, like, moving? Okay, so reducing stress is... Because um, I'd be stressed from falling off that building. Okay, so reduce, reducing stress is indulging in your vice. So how how would you go about that? Uh, well, mine is stupor, so I would be off to the bar for like one of those cage matches. You know, I will leave Deckard, you behind. <laughs> Deckard, Deckard's given you a time frame of before the sun comes up. So if you do. I'll say there is time for you to go to the bar. Awesome. Then I am off to the bar to go fight some plebs. <laughs> okay. So you need to make an attribute roll using your character's lowest attribute rating. Okay. So I'll. And that's the ones just to confirm here. Whenever we have our skills set up in insight, prowess, and resolve, that's the yeah. first column. Correct? Yeah. The first column gives you your, your rating in each attribute. Okay, so that would be insight and resolver even to me. So it can either be survey or attune. Um, you're not rolling for the the, the specific skill. Uh, you're just okay. rolling either insight or resolve. Yeah, it's, it's all your first dots added together. Um, okay. So, so on insight, so I get be five like, dice if I have no. one and oh. No, you make it. You make an attribute. You roll using your lowest. Um, so if there's a tie, you just simply use that. So in your case, you're just rolling 1d6. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, that, that's mine's um, going to be the same way too. And whatever you, whatever you get is that's the amount of stress that you remove. Okay. Five, please. Same Which time. is all my stress. Hell yeah, baby. Okay. So you have, you are still injured. Oh yeah. We got to get you some like, medical attention. You're, you're still injured. You're still quite yeah, gravely so injured hard. but but yeah, even, love... even with your injury um, you are able to to kind of just give us an idea what that kind of looks like yeah so, she got tore up by the demon right yeah yeah yeah, got, yeah, slapped. yeah. Uh, that's a polite way of putting what happened it was <laughs> so are you asking for like, the term aggressively backhanded <laughs> are you asking what my fight looks like or I'm, yeah just give it just like oh. you know embellish it just tell us what uh, it kind of looks like just you know you can use as broad strokes as you wish it's not going to affect any any oh, of okay. roles. So this is this is world building not canon for how much stress i get okay no no you've uh, already the, the the number is what the number is um but yeah, well, let's I, just... I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should clarify. Um, he's like, I don't like this, only two. Um, so I'm thinking kind of like that you go into the bar, there's a cellar in the back, and you kind of got to give 
a shady password that changes once a week. You go down, there's that octagon with like a sand pit inside and kind of rickety bleachers that you're never sure if they're going to collapse or not when people start cheering. Uh, and kind of like the beginning of Sherlock Holmes when he's down in the bar um, in that pit and it's just kind of like hand-to-hand combat, no weapons, everyone's bleeding. And uh, the goal is to not kill people, but if you happen to kill someone in your win, it's it, oopsie-poopsie. Like, that happens sometimes. Oh, no, um, what a shame. I <laughs> know. <laughs> So, like, you basically are trying to tap the other person out or knock them out. And if they happen to die, they happen to die. It's fine. Fair enough. You've seen Fight Club, right, Clark? Yeah. I'm just picturing you with the full mount after, like, beating the brakes off someone. And they're like, why did you do that? And Clark just goes, I wanted to destroy something beautiful. (laughs) Hell yeah. Although we're currently breaking the first rule, guys. Just saying. Some of us broke the first rule. Uh, the uh, whole point I, is break the I've first rule because that's how you get more people into fight. <laughs> so yeah, kind of like that. And because I'm tiny, a lot of people don't tend to bet on me. So I bet on myself a lot with really bad odds. <laughs> and then that's how I make money on the side. And considering you kind of walk in and you are visibly injured, I would say that that, you know, that can kind of make people bet against you even more but somehow your fighting ability is still there you know it probably probably doesn't do you any favors to do it but it does de-stress you okay so that is is one of your downtime activities so let's kind of go around see if anybody else wants to do something before you head out to amara valley i am also going to indulge in my vice to reduce stress Ah, you were the brothel, weren't you? Yeah, pleasure. So I'm going to go uh, partake in all of the fun recreational materials. I was going to say, I'm not going to need you to describe this. Yeah. (laughs) That's unlike you. (laughs) Oh, one. One. Okay, so you... Starting hot. (laughs) So you, I mean, you kind of... You probably got a colder reception than you normally get because you were in there just earlier tonight braining one of their customers mm-hmm. That's fair. and you probably also don't look the best and usually you at least got to kind of look nice going into it so you, yeah so you probably yeah you probably get in there and you know there is a bit more of a um a cooler reception than than what you're used to all right all right so how about justin uh i'm actually going to be reading the manual on how to drive this train because somebody fucking needs to and I don't have any stress <laughs> to remove so switches, man, it's super easy look at all the things that I've already gotten to work yes but okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna learn how to do it so that I can subtly get Thomas to drive the train but thinking he's figured it out on his own just be like <laughs> what, what this button does <laughs> I've, already, I've already mastered it I've already mastered everything <laughs> So, all right, I'm not going to make you roll anything. That is fine. That's going to be one of your activities. All right. So, what about Deckard? What's Deckard up to? Um, I am super stressed out, but I'm quite keen on making sure we are out of here as soon as possible. Um, I will be making kind of some small conversation about how that could have gone so much worse. I'm glad it was Yaloa and the Polar that rolled up at us. Um, I did have a question for you, GM. 
Yeah. So my vice, because I do need to de-stress. Um, so first question is, is our vice the way to de-stress? Is that how we handle it? Is there other actions that we can take? I mean, it is, it, it is indulging in your vice because you can actually overindulge and that's okay. not good um but yeah so <laughs> it would be it would be um indulging in your vice however this is all this is a game about a conversation so if you've got something else in mind don't hesitate to throw it out there well and so in that regard my vice that i chose was weird um and i was trying to get a breakdown of exactly what they meant by that in game can you give me a summary of like the weird vice okay um I'll give you like an example um, as soon as I find the right page. Okay, so weird. For example, you've got um, like this is directly out the Blades in the Dark book. Um, so the hooded propriety of a half-flooded grotto tavern near the docks, strange passageways lead to stranger chambers beyond. So it's kind of delving into like the magical nature of places. Um, you know, kind of, it, I get, I get the impression it's more like a bit of a, a sort of rush of like the occult and the darkness, sort of weird sort of sense. So you kind of explore, maybe like looking at old tomes or something. You get like off on the supernatural. Yeah, well, and so that's what I was thinking when I selected it. I wanted to see if I could, I could make a reach here. Could right. I? use getting the polar express up and running learning how it works and diving into that nature of it as indulging my weird vice i'll allow that fantastic all right so give me your worst attribute roll all right that's going to be my prowess because all i have is one dot mm -hmm. um i'm currently at five stress and i got a four all right so take four off all right Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Nice. So I have one stressed remaining. Mm -hmm. There are two of us who are not stressed at all. Although one okay, of us so not brain just say you, yeah. just, just so I'm you guys very stressed. <laughs> just so you guys know, if your vice roll clears more stress levels than you had marked, you overindulge. <laughs> yeah, the I was looking not reliable. So you can increase heat, you can um get an additional entanglement there's there's quite a few things that can happen to you yeah i was so, looking through that in the, the the rule book and i was like overindulge and i was thinking it was like a devil's bargain kind of mechanic right where it's like <laughs> i can choose to overindulge and i'm looking through what i thought was the rewards and i'm like these are terrible what is going on <laughs> worst reward ever <laughs> there's no benefit to this at all <laughs> okay. okay so those are like one downtime activity each the sun is about to come up. You get aboard the Polar Express. Between Vol and um, and Tommy, the, you manage to get it running and you tear it out of town. You are going to have another downtime activity each. Ooh, but okay. now this, mm. this is not going to be something that you can do in town. This is something that you're going to be able oh, to do. Oh, I see the timing on that now. I could have mm. sequenced that better. Okay. I am going to heal myself in some way, which okay. I'm hoping you will let me know how. <laughs> okay, so healing. Um, recovery is basically we start a project. Um, 
So we see if I can. I think I can create clocks on here. Oh yeah, we get a healing got, clock. We've got a healing clock on our character sheets. Ah yes, so there you go. So uh, let's do that. So yeah, your healing clock. And looking at this, recovery is like a long-term project. Your healer rolls. So you need to, you would need to find someone to to heal you. Heal you. Mm-hmm. Is that a do we have a skill for that or is that um there is there's a psychica special ability. Um Recovery is like a long-term project. Your healer rolls tinker for a PC with the uh, psychic or special ability or the quality level of an NPC. Then you mark a number of segments on your healing clock. So unless you guys have that particular skill, you're going to actually have to find somebody. Oh, so we can't patch her up and route. We got to wait till we cool. get to the valley. Cool. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. That's okay. We'll just put that as, as objective no. one. She's not like... But dying obviously <laughs> so. because it is a downtime activity and this whole thing counts as downtime we can still roll for it mm. oh okay uh should i say i can still roll for it i don't like that at all um <laughs> so yeah could we we can do that where we're just basically like okay we're all in the downtime we know we're heading to the valley and we just make that priority one when we get to the valley right assign find somebody that can that can patch her up Okay, so um, where is it? I did have it a minute. Okay, so mark off one segment of that clock because I rolled terribly. Thanks. <laughs> big my priest, big my priest. pleasure. Hey, my pleasure. That's what what happens when we got to deal with the NPCs. All right. All so right, one down. Anybody? Anybody else doing? Um, another downtime activity. As far as downtime activities go, I'm looking at the long term project and train aspects okay um i don't think i understand exactly long-term projects very vague right it's basically something we're working towards yeah if you want to work on something there's something that you kind of mm. want to build we we start a clock do we need to use then... that for things like building rapport or you know getting contacts within the new city not necessarily because or... that can happen during play anyway okay um then i'm going to use my second downtime activity to train Okay, so when you spend time in training, mark one XP on the XP track for an attribute or playbook advancement. Attribute, That's playbook, it. Bloop. gain an XP. I like this downtime. That's cool. All right, so you just gain an XP. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to, I'm going to start training towards actually being able to heal because that's something we're probably going to need at some point. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so you can mark down. You can mark down that as well. Uh, all right. So, just Tommy's left. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna see if I can uh, de-stress a little more on the uh, the ride there. Obviously, not access to uh, the Velvet Vixen, but uh, I'm going to break out oh. the uh, private stash of feel good <laughs> medications. I was gonna say you're you're gonna masturbate, aren't you? No, no, I'm gonna take drugs. <laughs> oh our good guy team all right okay you give me give me another roll then that's a little better three three all right you haven't overindulged i have not that, overindulged i still that would be stress that, <laughs> that would be a fun one it's just 
be psychotically high on a train. Oh god. Okay. With no healer. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What was the attribute I needed for healing? Um, I rolled it. Yeah, we uh we have to have a special ability to to heal, from what I understand. Yeah. Yes. Um, psychic uh, ability. What what I'm doing yeah. is I'm training towards veteran because that lets you choose the special ability from another source, and then I can take that. Go. And then that yeah. should let me heal. So then we'll have something to heal. Abilities I, I think Cricket had our healing special ability. Of course. Was it Cricket? Did. Yeah, naturally. I'm pretty I think positive. So, yeah. I think so. All right. Yeah, so I... <laughs> you arrive in Amara Valley. It is very different to to what you're used to. Mistletown was very dark and, you know, always under the cover of a night sky. Even in the good times, even before the Christmas spirit um, got abducted, it was always dark. It just wasn't depressing. Ever since the Christmas spirit went, that's when the depression and the, the hopelessness kind of set in. Um, Amora Valley is different. Amora Valley, the sun is shining. Beautiful, fluffy clouds in the sky. Birds are constantly tweeting, and it is, you know, everybody, everybody you meet says I love you, even as a genuine, casual greeting, love you, love you, sort of thing. And you know, even when the nighttime falls, it it's serene. There is like a uh, like a perpetual twilight in the evenings, B- blossoming gardens everywhere. There are um, gondolas, canals with gondolas, you know, instead of streets. It is a for all all intents and purposes a absolute beautiful place. In the center of the in the of the city, there is a a, a landmark. And it is they call it the Eternal Heart. It's a massive sculpture, and it symbolizes everlasting love. And that is the place that you are. You are introduced to Valentina Rousseau. She is a prominent art collector, and as advised by Yaloa, Valentina is above board, but she greets you, and. She says, oh, you know, Yaloa has told me wonderful things about you. And she actually employs you. Now, she is above board. And everything you are doing is above board. However, that doesn't mean that you can't use some of your... Expertise. You know, expertise (laughs) to kind of help you advance a tiny bit in in this profession the money's not as good as it would be doing ice but it gives you enough to subsist it gives you enough to to kind of move on and before you know it a couple of months have probably gone by so i kind of want to get a feeling now for this these couple of months cricket still kind of laying low you haven't seen him for a bit Um, oops (laughs) so yeah, you haven't seen Cricket, but kind of makes sense that he's not there. You know, considering um, All right, so... considering the circumstances. So what I will say is, because there is some time kind of um, elapsing, you can get rid of your stress. Oh, wonderful. 
Oh, it's so nice to know now. <laughs> yeah. But so, we explored the mechanics. I mean, yeah. come on. It's a lot of like other that. things. <laughs> I had a couple quick uh, kind of world building questions for you, GM. Yeah, as far it. as the way the train works when it when it does the the skip through the door, is it is it pretty violent? Is it similar? Like, did we end up just crashing a train like in the middle of the city, or did we end I up think, landing and parking? I think that's something that you should you should kind of bring into the world. How do you see it? Oh, uh, interesting. Okay, I I'm kind of picturing it as like. It's still parking, like we're still on track, so obviously we didn't just like crash land into what Care Bear City or whatever. Um, <laughs> Amora Valley. Amora Valley. <laughs> Thank you. Same difference. Uh, yeah. But I'm not a picturing it like being particularly smooth either. I don't know if you guys have ever uh ridden on train. So I've ridden on a steam engine train before and went over a wooden and rail bridge. And it's unsettling. It's very violent. The whole bridge kind of sways. The train rattles. Uh, you feel like at any moment you're just going to go ass over tea kettle. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm picturing as we transition from, you know, one realm to the other. Yeah, one realm to the next is just violently shaking. It kind of lists from left to right, uh, and everything just kind of rattles and clanks and bangs together. There's hmm. that sense of like. Doom could strike at any moment. And see, I do huh. like that. I had I'm it. Uh, I had it in my mind to kind of match on that because jumping jumping into this, we're all still very like Christmas magic, right? Like our whole thing runs on Christmas spirit. Um, and so I like the the idea of it having a little bit of a stark contrast as we're rolling into uh, into the Amora Valley, where it's like we have our train tracks that like appear out of this like bank of snow, right? Just a little bit ahead of it, and the tracks disappear into like fog mist like snow magic kind of stuff where the train's always on tracks unless it like something mm. squirrely happens. I'm trying to think of the movie. It's been a while uh, with the, with the polar express. Mm. Um, but as far as like where we landed, that's because uh, ultimately where we end up parking, the train kind of becomes our home. Right. Yeah. Um, and so is there, is there like a brief description of a, a district that would have been, where we landed or at least convenient for us to move the train into where would um, you where would you think where would you where would you think would be a, a convenient place well i to, did have an ask um yeah but it's a it's a it's a little weird could we park it at the foggy docks uh, i'm looking through kind of the setting stuff that you sent us yeah and we have the serendipity exchange which uh, says it's in the foggy docks and I love the idea of our train just being in the dockyard, um, even if it was actually like on the water, just resting on the little magic train track. But, <laughs> like a boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if if we could land in the docks, that at least gives us something. I mean, one dock is similar to the next one in theory. Yeah. Um, so it at least gives us something familiar to work with. Yeah. So you, yeah, you. That's where you land. You, you know, you land in the in the foggy docks, and yeah, it is. Of course, Ryan picks the one with like purveyor of illegal goods. Just saying, <laughs> I know what we do, and I know we're all up above board and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I am. And this Valentina chick, she seems legit. She seems pretty straight edge. We should probably keep her that way, but we don't work for her all the time. 
That makes sense. You know, and uh, she is she is above board. She is straight edge to a degree. She doesn't ask too many questions, though. Can you tell me a little bit about her, like her, her physical appearance, her general demeanor, like what the actual jobs we're doing for her are? Okay, she's quite mysterious, quite enigmatic. Um, I think she's probably quite extravagant, like long flowing dresses. Um, very sort of proper. She doesn't really have much time for chit chat or small talk. You probably you probably try and, you know, be as nice and as friendly as possible, but you get the impression that she is business and, you know, time is money in the art world. You know, so anytime you come up, it's like, okay, here's a piece. There you go. Here's a piece, here's the money acquire it for me sort of thing and it's very very direct and that's probably the it's probably the acquisition side of things she'll get a bead on a piece she wants that piece you get you that take piece. the brain go get it okay yeah and you know even it's mostly kind of centered within amora valley itself so you don't necessarily have to take the train as much but you are able to to kind of navigate and you probably you know meet a few vendors and this that and the other but again using your more clandestine skills does help you along you know you're keeping okay. you you are technically keeping things above board yeah it's the trying to go legit but the skills are transferable kind of thing <laughs> yeah you know you know so you're not doing anything to provide heat you're not doing anything to to draw any attention to yourself. And this okay. will be a couple of months will go by. So during this couple of months, what I'm going to say is the heat that you've got. Half it. Uh, and that's the heat for the crew. That's the crew heat. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. OK, All right. because you're in a new place, there is still a chance that someone may come from um, from Mistletown and recognize you. So you're All not right. you're not out of the woods yet, but you are relatively safe. So I want to kind of know what sort of things you guys are going to be getting up to during these these couple of months. Kind of paint me a bit of a picture. Um, um, Jingle Bella takes a bit, but I will say that you are able to heal in this Yay. time as well. All right? How nice of you. I'm a giving GM. Yeah. <laughs> Since when? Oh, Since come on. He gave us all oh kinds of stuff. At least half a dozen devil's ago. bargains. <laughs> um. <laughs> the GM giveth and the GM taketh away. He, he, he giveth all of the stress. <laughs> all right. A quick question. And this one's actually, I guess, for the crew. So a little little in, in character, I guess. But uh, so we got our gig working for Valentina. She's pretty much the quintessential up soup from what i can tell right like we work for her she doesn't really interact with us very much we work through intermediaries a lot truth be told the gig that we have is not bad right art reclamation and and that negotiation and stuff falls into our our wheelhouse do we want to take extra efforts to try to blend here because right now we're all still very much in like christmas town labor clothes um should we be making efforts to to blend in since we're here to to kind of lie low 
not to just put. Are you asking Clark if we want to go shopping? I mean, a little. <laughs> um, we do have, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. We have a fair amount of coin that we actually got from the last gig. Do we yep. need to worry about that with like the stash and the, the <laughs> that kind of stuff? By last gig, you mean all of the stuff we stole out of the vault? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yes. Um, Property of Saint Nicholas. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Formerly. You're wearing it. Formerly, we're we're yeah. in, we're in Valentine's Town. Nobody nobody cares about the Made in China sticker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's up to you guys. I I kind of just want you guys to to kind of so play how would and how would we figure that out? if we were going to try to get like new clothes, new gear for obviously our up and up job, and definitely not uh you know a new load for potential new jobs. I might dig up here in a minute. Would that dip into our coin? Would that? How would that work? I mean, for for like your average just spend, if you're buying a new, like a new suit or anything like that, we don't worry too much about it. It's you know the coin represents a much larger amount. So like when you get like full coin or when you tear up, that's when the coin gets sort of distributed. Then you can use your coin to. Um, um, I think you can use your coin to de-stress without rolling. You can use your coin to, you know, stuff like that. Whereas the actual loadouts, you, you don't worry about it. You know. All right, cool. Even so, even with the money you're getting from from Valentina, would be enough to to kind of say, all right, yeah, you go shopping, you buy whatever you want. And she's she's given us a paycheck good enough where we can do all the basic stuff, right? Like we yeah. we can eat, we can do have a little bit of entertainment, you know, all that kind of jazz. Yep. You can. So that that gives us kind of a checklist, right? Get here and get, uh, get Jingle healed up. Take her to the the surgeon or the healer or whatever mm-hmm. we need to do for that. And then, I mean, effectively, we have to costume up. Then, right? Everybody, is there when we're interacting with the city? Obviously, in the early days, we're still going to be in our Christmas gear. Do we get a vibe of like what would be a necessary change to our appearance to let us blend in? Um, obviously in Christmas town, the elves came in all kinds of shapes and colors. What about the population here? Population here, again, all different kind of shapes, sizes, colors, you know, um, there are no necessary roles like elves, so to speak. So you do stand out, you know, you do, you know, the first few days you do stand out and you probably get some comments like from, oh, hello, are you not from around here? Sort of thing. You know, and oh, I see you're from Mistletown, and all these little, the little things that you kind of get the impression is like, shit, we we may need to yeah. blend in a tiny bit. Nothing like there's nobody can kind of turns around and goes, oh, I know you, um, but it's enough for if anyone came asking, they'd they'd pick it up. Yeah, all right, yeah, uh, yeah. What do y'all think? Just find some kind of uniform, get like overalls. Obviously, we work for the company. No. Uh, I propose <laughs> red and green overalls with white gloves and <laughs> and hats. Um, That's with the little bells on top. Yeah, little, yeah. little white poof with, ball. With our first initial on the top. <laughs> I am not going to do any of that. And, and our wanted poster on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, with a big target on it. Um yeah, I think I will. I'll put some effort into that GM where it's like I'm going to try to get the crew some kind of nobody notices us garb. 
Mm. Um, at least that we can use while we're we're going out. I already have mine um, written down. Nice. So do you guys kind of want to go around and we'll we'll talk about your new sort of allies and vice purveyors? Because oh, yeah. obviously okay. you guys you guys will have spent some time here. You will you will have um created new contacts. So you know, uh Ryan, why do we start with you? All right. So yeah, that would be obviously after getting all the garb changed and trying to set us up where we can blend in a little bit better. Um Deckard is he's a professional, he'll do the job. And I'm going to take a great deal of effort to make sure that we never do anything that could directly affect Valentina, right? Trying to stay above board. Yeah. Uh, but vices are vices. And so working out of the foggy docks, I'm actually going to spend a lot of time in an area called Rose's Refuge. Okay. Um, specifically on two fronts. First is going to be the Whispering Shadows Cartel. Um, right. I would like to take efforts to get in good with them. I need a vice purveyor after all. And, mm. you know, even before we got here, I'm like very focused on, I'm going to find new magic and new ways to smuggle magic in and out. And so still very much hitting on that, uh, you know, that hawkers crew role. Um, mm. and the whispering shadows cartel seems like a good way to do that. Would, are they kind of like an open secret in the town? Would it take in a great deal of effort to get in with them? I don't think I don't think it's massively public, but it wouldn't. You wouldn't have to search very, very far. Fantastic. Yeah, you'd be able to find them, and you you probably start getting the sort of um, the the hierarchy um, kind of established. You probably meet a few people. They'll mention Madame Rosalind every now and again, uh, but you never actually get in that deep. But, you know, they probably talk to you about some of your, like, about some of their sort of artifacts. You probably tell them about some of the things that you've encountered. You know, so it is it is a very superficial sort of relationship, as it were. But it will pro- potentially provide you with, with some... A source of vice. Yeah, source of vice. All right. Um, so that, that'll be kind of one of my, my first things going on. I don't know, uh, probably a large portion of the time we've been here have been me trying to work with them really closely. Um, I know you mentioned before the game that we would have time to uh, create a potential friend or an ally. And so for that one, I would like to select Mystique at the Ephemeral Emporium. Um, okay. Uh, nice. She's... She's right, connected so how about, to Madame Rosalind, so... Yeah, so how about this? Mystique probably could have been the person who put you in touch with the... Uh, I've forgotten their name right now. The Whispering... Oh, the cartel? cartel. Because she is okay. part of that cartel. Indeed. So you um, probably met, You probably went out, you probably met her, you started, you hit it off a tiny bit, you're quite a charismatic person, and, you know, you both had similar interests. And it's like, oh, you should, you know, talk to some of my friends, sort of thing. And it wasn't until after the fact you kind of realized, oh shit, she was actually quite high up in this organization. <laughs> oh, fantastic! I do like mm-hmm. that. Um, so that is definitely going to take the majority of my time since we've been here. Obviously, okay. I'm going to keep my ears open for potential ways to not just make money, but like ingratiate myself uh, with these individuals. Mystique, in particular, I want her to be the bestest of friends. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I want to get in good with the cartels. Cool. Um, yeah. So you you spend your couple of months other than working, but you you manage to do that. Who wants to go next? Clock. Uh, I can go next. So, uh, in vain of trying not to stand out, I went shopping and got myself a new fit. So I went with black skinny jeans, white high top chucks and a hot pink oversized sweater with a cup of coffee with a little heart in the foam. And it says, I love you a latte. So now I fit in. <laughs> and <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> Glorious. While doing this. Very specific. I was, I, well, yeah, because I was like, Amore, you know, Italian. I'll make it a latte. It'll be cute. Uh, so while I did this, I end up meeting Dante. uh uh, at Dante's desires. So him and I become good friends uh, and he helps do accessories and like disguises and get you into exclusive events. Mm. So him and I become decent friends. And then I also find my purveyor at the Black Lotus Apothecary because I was there looking for antidotes for my injury. Uh, So in doing so, I made a good friend where I can go find, you know, poisons and rare substances and lethal toxins for discreet assassinations. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) But while there and like while shopping, I run into Xavier, the silver tongue sable and him and I kind of start a hate, hate friendship. Uh, he is kind of sly and always looking for a con, very silver tongue, and I'm just not about it. So he is my new rival where I'm just like, you know what? Fuck that guy. Always constantly <laughs> screw that guy. Uh, and then hopefully Nikolaya, who is my other friend who's a former spy, he also doesn't like Xavier. So him and I join a, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my best friend. <laughs> yep. So him and I are good friends and he helps with political connections and facilitating uh, secret meetings and things like that. So that's kind of what I've been doing, just going out, socializing, making enemies. I mean, I kind of going off that, I probably see now, now that you've kind of embellished that, I probably see Xavier as one of these people who is just overtly slimy. I feel like he has, it's, to me, he has extreme golden retriever energy, but with like out the golden retriever good heart where he yeah. comes off just like everyone thinks he's super genuine. And then they turn around and he does that sly smile to people who like know. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. But like, yeah, you can't go out and say that because everyone's like, oh, my God, he's such a sweetheart. Yeah, he probably tried his charm out on you and you saw straight through it. Yeah, I'm just like, mm, gross. It's like, nope, I don't like this person. Just immediately turned around. I was like, I need a shower after that. And yeah, yeah, exactly. That is Xavier. Every time you speak to him, it's like, I I feel like I need a shot of something. I I feel like, you know, tetanus. I don't know. Something along those lines. Some penicillin. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. I feel like I've caught something just being in his proximity. I have to go wash with Dawn to get all this grease off me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah. Okay. Who's going next? I'll go next. All right. Um, and purely because I was very, very worried that we were once again going to be on opposite sides of the friendship rivalry coin because <laughs> I had also put uh, Mr. 
dropped silver tongue down on my sheet, but he's also a rival, so it's fine. Wonderful. <laughs> you guys, you just have a just have a trinary of you guys talking shit about this guy over coffee. <laughs> Pretty much. Um and yeah, my uh my ally is uh also in the similar sort of uh vein, but instead of going with Nikolai, I went with uh Lena, the Oracle, because mm. great source of information, because they're an information broker. Um, which also leads me to my vice purveyor, which was the Lady Serpent at Cupid's Casino, um, because they are also great for intel and missions and stuff like that. And seeing as I lost my previous mission giver, I needed a new one. So I hang out at the casino a lot and started gambling a little bit just to fit in, and then I love it. Um, Fair enough. As, as for uh, the change of clothes, I'm, I've decided I'm just going to lean into the, the thing. Oh, so I'm now wearing a red shirt. <laughs> yes, like, yes. Jeans. <laughs> I am very happy. It. I'm just is it a crop top? It. it is. It is a crop top. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It's just they didn't have my size, so it's just a little bit too small for me. So you know, like those guys that like go to the gym and, also and wear those shirts. Like, arms out. Yeah. To the side. <laughs> like he's because the shirt's like three sizes too small, so he's just like permanently walking around like this. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a loose crop top and then it no. only became a crop top like when you reached for things because then all I was going to do is this entire you, episode just, is just yeah just like oh my god could you reach for that for me yeah, that t-shirt that's like three sizes too small because it's the only one they had um, so I he's like just it. like it refused to get another color yeah he I guess I actually I, right. I didn't cover that for, for my character um, as far as the change in appearance, I'm actually going to go in opposite direction of them. I'm going to lean really heavily into like the Hallmark Valentine's movies and just get like the blue collar, everyday Joe Schmo um, kind of garb, you know? Um, yeah. That yeah, way, it's uh, a shot. yeah, non-threatening <laughs> kind of kind of country, like <laughs> wearing a scarf without actually wearing the scarf properly. Yeah, exactly it's just, it's just right. Once, once around your neck, <laughs> yeah. which oh. does absolutely nothing. Does nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. All right, okay. So, Travis, that leaves you. Uh, we'll start with with my change in appearance, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, like just your standard blue jeans, uh, work boots, and then I'm going to lean even further into the Hallmark appearance and go with flannel shirt. With Ooh. sleeves rolled up to the forearm. Nice. Really lean into it because it's going to go real well with Glorious. my hipster beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> graying hipster beard. Nice. Uh, well, so that'll be that'll be my new appearance. And again, I think it fits also my general appearance of being not exactly a husky dude, but not exactly thin either. Like just mm. kind of just a big guy. Yeah. L- little dad bodish going on. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. I dig that. Uh, We'll start off with uh, my vice prefer. I, of course, uh, went with the, the Velvet Whispers at the Burlesque Lounge, being my addictions being what they are, uh, which is enough. where I met both my ally and my rival. And we'll start off with my rival, who was uh, Rex Ironclad Rutherford, uh, also another cutter. Uh, and he and I started off with. Uh, with instant beef, him being an enforcer and me obviously looking to gain employment as a as a part-time bouncer ended up on the wrong side of each other quite immediately 
mostly because it turns out that he's not as good at scrapping as I am. Um, and by that, I mean, I use dirty underhanded tactics to immediately win. <laughs> started the beef real. Yeah. And, that, um, you know, that's, you know, it probably, I mean, did you guys ever get into a fight or? Uh, he, he tried to kind of like bow up to me when yeah. I first started there trying to be like, he's the big enforcer in town, uh, not realizing that I was bigger, meaner and older and therefore wiser. And then I just kind of put him down. I made the mistake of doing it publicly, though. So now he's got that. Yeah, he he, he resents you massively for that. Yeah, yeah, and he, he he'll he'll kind of tell people, no, no, he, you know, he he did this, and you know, you probably need him in the bollocks or something like that. Whatever, you know, whatever works. Some, whatever, yeah, works. whatever underhanded tactics you and. But the thing is, no one saw that part. I'm not even. I'm not even going to confirm or deny it, though. If people ask yeah. me about it, I'm just be like, no one, he's just sour because he lost. No one saw that. It, it was just a case of <laughs> just you like, were both standing, and then he was what? on the floor. And that, and that's probably why the resentment is there. He calls you a cheat. He calls you, you know. Yeah, and then uh, I also chose uh, Lena, the Oracle Ortega as my ally uh, because every like wise person in the chair likes to have that big dumb friend. And I just happen to be that big dumb friend. I'm pretty jovial when it comes to things, mm. all like all things considered until it's time to fight. So. All right. That's how, that's how our friendship struck up was me just being the, the big dumb guy that I am. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's great. So with that, you guys spend, the next couple of months in Amora Valley. You make a decent living. Nothing spectacular, but enough to live, enough to eat, enough to do that. You probably get a couple of jobs on the side. You keep it down low. You keep, you know, you keep yourselves out of trouble as much as possible. And one day you're all kind of congregated back on the Polar Express. Just idle chit chat. And all of a sudden, you hear from outside just a, a very, very uneasy voice. Hello? Hello? Is, is anyone there? Sounds like the voice of a relatively young girl. I'm going to push a whole bunch of buttons until I find the one that opens the door. The Polar Express Just... begins flashing like a strobe light. <laughs> and music starts playing, and it's very obnoxious, loud, hardcore Euro techno. <laughs> Our security expert, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and, um, uh, oh, um, ah. Uh. The whole time, the vault is like, oh. Thomas, this, this spot, this, this one, this one. No, 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 this gonna... It actually has a label that says, <laughs> Door. Door. <laughs> I told you, readings for nerds. Like, after like the eighth button that he's pressed, the vault's just going to press the door button. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take credit. I'm going I'm to take credit for it. So the door opens, and outside, you see on our own is a young girl. Um, she looks, you know, probably early twenties. Um. And again, kind of leaning on the hallmark thing. I'm kind of envisioning 
you know, just like the the lumberjack sort of vibe. You know, just wearing sort of like jeans, just a shirt, nothing, nothing too remarkable. Small town country girl kind of, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, small town country girl sort of vibe. And hi, uh, hello, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm in the right place. I'm, I'm here looking for, um, for, for Jingle Bella, um, and, and, and Tommy and Deckard and and the, the vault i i don't know i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry I, I i hope i'm in the right place so i'll uh i'll take point and i'm just gonna kind of kind of growl at at the vault or it's like can you turn the noise off i thought you were gonna um, growl at the child and i was like no no, no. <laughs> and I'll, I'll lean out the door like... <laughs> and i'll uh i'll scan the girl up and down does she give any vibe at all that she would belong in our circles? No. Nope. Like just completely out of, you know, she looks like the normal again, hallmark stereotypical, you know, the, the non city dwelling person in a hallmark movie. So before I say anything, um, and there's like these few heartbeats that are, that are before everything, I'll look at the rest of the team and I'll just do that like where you point and screw up your face like is this with any of you? Mm. Okay. Um throw my one scarf over my shoulder and uh I'll I'll do that deal where you kind of like lean out the train door and I'll just squint at her. Um and as nice as possible I'm just going to be like you lost girl. I I I I don't know. I'm, you know, I've, I've, a friend of mine told me that I could, I could find you here and I, I need help. So given the fact that, uh, you know, our, our names really shouldn't be out there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick scan kind of not on her, but like around, like she have people following her, like in the shadows kind of thing, or is she not- by herself? Not that you can see immediately. You have a look around. You can't see anything. You're pretty confident that she is on her own. What? Uh, yeah. Y- you lower. Oh shit! Do okay. we have any way of getting in contact with you, lower? No. Oh, we have Not to go through Valentina right. for that. You've got to go through She's Valentina. You and, and depending on what this is involving, you may not want to go through Valentina. Yeah. When you say that, you, it's telling me I'm not going to want to tell Valentina because <laughs> it's not going to be on the up and up. And we're, all right. Well, you know, uh, I will poke myself out behind Decker because I am the least intimidating looking? Question mark. Uh, and I'll just be like, oh, you want to come in for some tea and see if I can't like calm her down to get to tell us what's going on. She, yeah, yes, yes, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll move out of the way. You know, Yaloa's name being dropped kind of being the, the magic word on that one. Um, but I'm going to keep my eye outside, like super sus about the, the random appearance of, of young girl. Okay. So the young girl, Accepts your invitation. 
and boards the Polar Express. Cool.